0: Chapter 5 of the Story of Aristotle's Philosophy by Will Durant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 5 Metaphysics and the Nature of God. His metaphysics grew out of his biology. Everything in the world is moved by an inner urge to become something greater than it is everything is both the form or reality which has grown out of something which was its matter or raw material and it may in its turn be the matter out of which still higher forms will grow so the man is the form of which the child was the matter the child is the form and its embryo the matter the embryo the form the ovum the matter and so back till we reach in a vague way the conception of matter without form at all but such a formless matter would be no thing for everything was a form matter in its widest sense is the possibility of form and form is the actuality the finished reality of matter matter obstructs form constructs form is not merely the shape but the shaping force an inner necessity and impulse which moulds mere material to a specific figure and purpose it is the realization of a potential capacity of matter it is the sum of the powers residing in anything to do to be or to become nature is the conquest of matter by form the constant progression and victory of life Footnote half of our readers will be pleased and the other half amused to learn that among aristotle's favourite examples of matter and form are woman and man the male is the active formative principle the female is passive clay waiting to be formed female offspring are the result of the failure of form to dominate matter End footnote everything in the world moves naturally to a specific fulfilment of the varied causes which determine an event the final cause which determines the purpose is the most decisive and important the mistakes and futilities of nature are due to the inertia of matter resisting the forming force of purpose hence the abortions and the monsters that mar the panorama of life Development is not haphazard or accidental. Else, how could we explain the almost universal appearance and transmission of useful organs? Everything is guided in a certain direction from within by its nature and structure and entelechy, footnote, entelechia, having, echo, its purpose telos, within entos one of those magnificent aristotelian terms which gather up into themselves a whole philosophy the informed reader need not be reminded that the orthogenic school of evolution finds its first formulation in these passages of aristotle the egg of the hen is internally designed or destined to become not a duck but a chick the acorn becomes not a willow but an oak this does not mean for aristotle that there is an external providence designing earthly structures and events rather the design is internal and arises from the type and function of the thing divine providence coincides completely for aristotle with the operation of natural causes yet there is a god though not perhaps the simple and human god conceived by the forgivable anthropomorphism of the adolescent mind aristotle approaches the problem from the old puzzle about motion how he asks does motion begin he will not accept the possibility that motion is as beginningless as he conceives matter to be matter may be eternal because it is merely the everlasting possibility of future forms but when and how did that vast process of motion and formation begin which at last filled the wide universe with an infinity of shapes surely motion has a source says aristotle and if we are not to plunge drearily into an infinite regress putting back our problems step by step endlessly we must posit a prime mover unmoved prima mobile motum, a being incorporeal indivisible spaceless sexless passionless changeless perfect and eternal god does not create but he moves the world and he moves it not as a mechanical force but as the total motive of all operations in the world god moves the world as the beloved object moves the lover he is the final cause of nature the drive and purpose of things the form of the world the principle of its life the sum of its vital processes and powers the inherent goal of its growth the energizing entelechy of the whole he is pure energy the scholastic actus purus, activity per se perhaps the mystic force of modern physics and philosophy he is not so much a person as a magnetic power yet with his usual inconsistency aristotle represents god as self-conscious spirit a rather mysterious spirit for aristotle's god never does anything he has no desires no will no purpose he is activity so pure that he never acts he is absolutely perfect therefore he cannot desire anything therefore he does nothing his only occupation is to contemplate the essence of things and since he himself is the essence of all things the form of all forms his sole employment is the contemplation of himself poor aristotelian god he is a roi feineon a do-nothing king the king reigns but he does not rule no wonder the british liked aristotle his god is obviously copied from their king or from aristotle himself our philosopher so loved contemplation that he sacrificed to it his conception of divinity his god is of the quiet aristotelian type nothing romantic withdrawn to his ivory tower from the strife and strain of things all the world away from the philosopher kings of plato or from the stern flesh-and-blood reality of yahweh or the gentle and solicitous fatherhood of the christian god End of Chapter Five.